Welcome to the Wood Talk Weekend Show. It's time to unbutton those pants, crack open a fresh grape soda, and let the soothing sounds of Mark, Shannon, and Matt caress your ear holes. All right, it's Wood Talk number 404 for August 4th, 2017. On today's show, oh, it's a weekend show, by the way. Weekend show. This is the weekend. 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 Uh, question from Brody. Mark soon. Yeah, huh? That's right. Just pack your bags, baby. All right. Brody Bricky wrote in. He said, it was great to have a chance to meet Matt, Mark, and Nicole at AWFS. I was kind of hoping to meet Shannon, too, but it really is a power tool show. You may have seen John Ratzenberger, that's Ham from Toy Story, by the way, uh, talk about the need for training and people in the trades and how not everyone is suited for college. Thoughts on what route your kids might take? Uh, The strength of training available? Before I finish this question, I just realized both the email extra and the weekend show questions involve things that aren't directly relevant to Shannon. So, (laughs) Shannon, if you you want to take a break... (laughs) Now, I think you'll have, you'll have some good input on this as well. Um, so what thoughts on what route your kids will if take? It's parenting advice, I'm all about it. Can't wait to tell people how to raise their kids. Will uh, you, you plan to put Kenny into the trades or what? <laughs> pull, pull in, uh, you know, wheelbarrows around work sites and things like that. Okay, so the strength of training available. And he says, Shannon, when I first started listening to Wood Talk, I just couldn't wrap my head around someone going all hand tool. Damn you for wearing me down. I now have a hand plane, shiver, and other things besides Sanders for shaping my furniture. Uh, thanks for all the fun discussions, Brody. So now we know that uh, Shannon does not have children, but I think his perspective on this could be useful uh, and his opinion. So I am an employer in the trades. I can add something there. And your wife is a teacher. She comes mm-hmm. home and, and relays all these stories about annoying kids. So I think you probably have some perspective. <laughs> Dumb kids. <laughs> Dumb kids. We're all doing other, other people's kids. Yeah, yeah. Other people's kids. So uh, I'll, I'll throw this to Matt first. So do you have any perspectives on this in terms of your children? I mean, obviously both yours and mine are very young, certainly a little too young to be choosing a career path, you know, <laughs> maybe at least wait till seven before we start talking about careers. <laughs> but if you were, you know, do you have any thoughts on this in terms of where your kids might go and how you might uh, direct them with, with career choices like this between trades, college, things like that? I think it's real. I don't know. It's so early. It's a little early, right? <laughs> but <laughs> as someone who, I, I went through that not a super long time ago. I mean, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can still, I can still kind of remember going through the whole, that whole experience. And I don't know, at least for them, at, the, at this point in my life, whatever, if they want to do something that's non-traditional, like, I don't know, not go to college or do something else. Pole dancing. I could totally, I could totally support that. I think really interestingly, like I think that the kids of my generation, like the millennials, are going to have a a very interesting time as they kind of come up because I I honestly think things are going to change for the kids that are like the kids from this generation. I think for the first time it's going to be back to like maybe college isn't really worth it anymore because the cost of college is only going higher and higher and higher every year. Mm -hmm. And I cannot even like begin to fathom like how much those kids are going to cost me if they want to go to college and I decide I want to pay for it because even if I didn't want to pay for it, the thought of them taking on the student loans to pay for all that, that scares me even more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a pretty tough life. I've already found out and I'm not even there yet. <laughs> well, plus you're a lazy millennial and you don't have any money anyway. So how are you going to pay for this stuff? I am super lazy. I just want to be fulfilled <laughs> in my job. <laughs> 
you're just waiting for someone to drop money on your lap because you deserve it. I deserve it. You know, I went through it. I deserve everything. Okay. I don't have, I should have to work for it. I already worked. Yeah. Barely. Exactly. You went to college. You did what you were supposed to do. (laughs) Hard work is done. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, for me, I, I keep my expectations fairly light when it comes to the kids. I mean, my policy is as long as they're not. <laughs> well, it, sa- it saves light. on disappointment Uh-oh. if I don't have Was high expectations. <laughs> no, seriously. Here's here's my expectations for my kid. They have to be a productive human being and not be an a-hole. And if they there do that, then they can do whatever makes them happy. You know, there are plenty of people here who just have, they have Joe jobs. They don't, they don't uh, live to work. They work to live. And the job just brings in a paycheck. As long as they're happy doing that and that's what they want to do, then fine. But I, you know, I do insist that they are not jerks and that they uh, do something positive to help the world. So if I can do that, that's, I consider that a, a parenting win. As far as what they do for, you know, career paths, if they want to go into the trades, I would absolutely support that. I think, Matt, you bring up an incredibly good point. There is a sort of sense of college education not being what it once was or not being as valuable as it used to be. Um, you know, I've seen uh, some documentaries and stuff that Nicole and I have talked about this, about how sort of the college system of processing people through this education system is completely broken and really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for developing people into being the best at whatever it is they're good at naturally, like harnessing what they're good at. We want to put everyone through a, a filter to get a bunch of vanilla worker bees, you know, instead of, um, really focusing on what each individual, you know, child or talking about college, obviously adults, but, uh, what each individual is really good and has good potential for. So, um, I am all for them going a non-traditional path. And frankly, I think because what I do is so non-traditional, I would have to, I would have to support that. Um, but I also think I've learned a few things about that and, and how you can, you know, use your skills to do something that no one really ever thought of as a career path. And to this day still don't <laughs> like I talked, we had dinner with our, our neighbors last night and like, we still don't understand how you guys make money. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't understand how you could afford your house. <laughs> so yeah. most people don't get it. And I, I think there's still great opportunity for people who think outside the box, uh, to, to sort of make an amazing career that can be fun, interesting, compelling, and, uh, you know, do some good for the world at the same time. I have well, to I say, think, as an, I, I think I that know. lack of, of kind of, I've got this degree now I'm qualified to get, you know, this job or do this job. And so many of the disenchanted kids who have left college and have no job and no prospects at all. And that is actually what has spawned non-traditional careers like both of you have, you know, they talk about, um, how like 95% of the fortune 500 companies started during, um, a recession because they were, people were getting laid off. There were no jobs. So it was like, well, screw this. I'm not going to work for the man. I'm going to do, I'm going to start Apple in my garage. You know, I'm going to start IBM in my basement. And that's how all this started, the innovation and these new companies. And what we've found is not only is there new companies and innovation happening, but the workforce, the picture of the workforce has changed entirely with the internet. You know, work from home is, is more standard than it ever has been before, or the ability to build your own business with nothing but a website, you know, mm-hmm. the virtual business never existed before. So there's, there's more outlets. So when you, when you look at a kid who's like, well, you know, do I want to go to college? Do I want to study this or study that? It's kind of like, well, I don't care. I'll just, you know, be a content creator on YouTube. <laughs> of course, then there's the, you know, dramatic awakening when you realize it's very hard to make 
any decent money on YouTube. But still, you hear about people every day who sold their blog to some brand or something like that. And again, it's a small percentage of people, but it's still a viable path that never existed for me, certainly. I mean, we didn't have the internet when I was in college. <laughs> my, my, my university got a homepage the year after I graduated. Uh, Mr. Rogers, so, you have a telegram. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll we be right email. there. We had email, but no one ever used it because no one had computers in their dorm rooms or their apartments, you know, because they cost an arm and a leg. And they yeah. were as big as a whole room. And maybe not. Maybe not they were Commodore 64s, okay? Yeah. We had computers in our in our apartments. They were called Sega Genesis. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so the the cool thing, though, and maybe this is just where you know where we spend our time that we see this stuff. I have to imagine this sort of renewed respect for the trades is catching a little bit of uh, momentum. You know, things that Mike Rowe does uh, as sort of a proponent of you know, blue collar work, not being a four letter word and actually like a valuable thing that someone can make a great living doing. Uh, I think the awareness is there. And honestly, if I see that, let's say, you know, Mateo or Ava have an aptitude for that and they just don't seem like college bound and it's just not part of what what they're interested in, uh, I would absolutely 100%, you know, uh, support them and push them to go into some kind of a trade that interests them. I think it's a, a great option and makes perfect sense. Yeah. And probably you're going to get a job. They're yeah, actually, exactly. You're going to get training get paid for something. <laughs> yeah. You'll get training and you'll get a job in that field and make money in that field. Unlike what most of us who went to college do. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we are constantly, constantly trying to hire people at the lumber yard mm-hmm. and constantly coming up dry, you know, so we have to take a very close look at, at our own onboarding and our own training and, We've begun to look at how can we reinstate some kind of apprentice type program because there's just nobody. I mean, it's a regional thing. Certainly we are far enough away from the sawmills and things like that of central Pennsylvania and Maine and stuff like that, where Mm -hmm. we're, we're not, we don't even have schools that are teaching and graduating kids into forestry and millwork and stuff like that. So there's just absolutely nothing, a complete scarcity of labor force but yet I could hire probably six molding operators tomorrow if they were qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with like truck drivers, you know, commercial drivers, licensed truck drivers. We could probably hire four or five of them on the spot. Um, and, and there's just no one. There's, there's really okay. no one available at all. And, of course, there's a huge amount of competition because of that because we're one company. And you talk to any company that does any kind of transportation and trucking, they've got the same needs. All looking for drivers. So, yeah. I mean, what is it? Mike Rose said that the average welder is making like six figures. And what is it? I think South Dakota is the highest paid place to be a welder because there's like four of them, <laughs> four of yeah. them in the entire state. <laughs> so if you're a certified, what's the certification? Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever the certification is to be a, a welder. If you hold that piece of paper from a trade school, you just write your own ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. And not even just trades. Same thing goes into like the medical profession. Um, registered nurses. I think you would consider that still to be a trade. It's not a college degree type thing. I don't think. An RN can basically write their ticket, go anywhere in the country. My cousin got her RN, and it was kind of like, all right, twenty thousand dollars signing bonus. Where do you want to go? You know, yeah. the the world is your oyster. So I don't know, man. I think it all comes down to what's going to make you happy, and follow that. Don't worry about white color, blue color, all that crap. Do what makes you happy, yo. Follow your passion. I, I don't, don't like that wear advice. a collar. Wear a t-shirt. 
Yeah. There you go. Wear a goofy Spider-Man shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's a path to success, I think. I think so. Okay. Well, that is the weekend show, friends. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Maybe. No, wait. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. have one, yes. more, one yep. more show and then, uh, and then we'll be out for a few weeks. So, okay. We will catch you next time. See ya. Happy weekend.